This is the What I Look For podcast for Thursday, November 7th, 2019. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the What I Look For podcast. And today I'm talking to my friend Daryl Perry. Um, If you have not heard of Daryl, I'm sure you have because I've name dropped him almost every episode on this podcast. Uh, Daryl is a coach uh, and just a really good person to come to if you want some kind of advice on exercise, weight loss, nutrition, all that stuff, because he is an encyclopedia of knowledge when it comes to weight loss and just mindset on uh, mindset around weight loss and anything of that nature. Uh, He's also a podcaster who got me into podcasting and he does about 8,000 shows. (laughs) I'm exaggerating, but whatever. Um, if you want to follow Daryl, he's got like 8,000 Instagram handles, but the one you should follow is at your level fitness. Um, like I said, he's just a great person and I've known him almost a year now, a little over a year now. And he is my coach with precision nutrition and the guy's just great. So I'm going to stop rambling cause this was just like a really good conversation with Daryl. So I hope you guys enjoy it and let's get right into it. Hey man, what's going on? Not much. Now Skype's messing up on us. Because <laughs> I oh, called yeah. you, and then you called me, and then I called you. And I don't know what happened. <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. First Anchor, now Skype. It's all breaking down on us. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's that technology. We're, we're just becoming too reliant on it. I think that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Yes. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm... Uh, it's been a, a busy couple of weeks, but uh, but things are falling in line and uh, all good here. And uh, looks like things are going pretty well with you as well. Yeah, uh, I just been like super. I mean, you know, for me, like between the two jobs and then just uh, trying to keep with the the precision nutrition coaching and stuff with you and all that stuff. So it's it's going pretty good. Like, and I think somebody was I was talking to somebody who I think it was somebody else who's a client. Or who was a yeah. client or whatever, and I was saying yeah. that like me and you are pretty hands off because like I can just do the stuff that you tell me to do and I just do it. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting when it comes to coaching because like everybody's different, and what it comes down to is really how you and that person jive and and what's the best way to to communicate. Whereas you know for you, yes, I know that. You know, you're you're gonna you do the lessons, you you do the responses, and I thought that was going to be the best option for you uh, to begin with when we first started talking because of kind of the way that you approach things. Now, uh, I will say from a coaching standpoint, because once when I first had access to that, I wanted to put everybody in PN because I think it's a it's a great tool, mm-hmm. uh, but then you kind of you learn over time that. You know, it, again, kind of like what we say a lot in the weight loss community is it's not a one size fits all approach. But uh, but I uh, I definitely definitely like their vibe and, and I like uh, I like the message that they have underneath all of the the lessons and habits and such too. So. Yeah, I I like the way that it's set up because it's it gives you just like a little bit of a like a tip for the day to to do like a habit or whatever, and then it just like it goes from there. So like it's not like you're bogged down with you have to learn five habits at one in one clip like it's like concentrate on this for a couple of weeks and then concentrate on the next one for a couple of weeks so you kind of like get ingrained with it yeah and that's actually i'll tell you where where a lot of people will get lost and i think they even say this in the first couple of lessons is it does move very slow and i think that mm-hmm. is by design because everybody else when you know, like if you think of all the other programs that that you've tried and i know the ones that i i've tried it was you know, it was all about speed, you know, how fast can you lose this weight? And they, they set the tone from the very beginning that you're in this for almost a year yeah. and uh, it, it's going to be slow. It's going to be methodical, but by the same token, the first, you know, uh, few habits that you learn are really the foundation of the entire program. So it's, it's neat how it's set up. Plus it's rooted in psychology, which again, for you, I, I know how you like studying all that stuff yeah. and kind of see how all of it's connected. So. Yeah. So I mean, that's, that's just nice to, to, cause I was like, really like when you first approached me about just doing PN coaching, I was kind of hesitant. Cause I was like, well, I kind of know all this stuff, but then as I'm like going through it, I'm like, 
I don't know half the stuff. Like it's <laughs> like I know none of it. So I'm just like it's working. So let's just keep doing it. Well, and I, and I was talking to somebody else that that I'm, I'm working with through it the other day, and they were in a um, in a habit that was very familiar to them as far as the way that they were were eating before. And, um, you know, they're like, well, I was thinking of possibly even skipping this one. So, you know, you'll I, go through it. I, I guarantee you that you'll probably find a couple little nuggets in there. Of, even if it's information, you know, it's presented in a slightly different way, which is uh, which, again, is part of the reason I think that you and I like doing so many podcasts, because you can talk about the same exact topic with either in some cases the same, the same person if you've got a reoccurring show like what you and I do with dumpster fire mm-hmm. like what what I've got going with with Gary uh, and, and some others but like even if you're having the same conversation with somebody else if you approach it a different way whoever's consuming it could actually take something out of it that they wouldn't have otherwise so yeah it's uh it's neat how all that stuff works yeah I I, I really appreciate the program like Cause like I said, I was hesitant. I was like, man, I don't know if I want to do this. And then you just like, you were just like, just try it for a couple months and see if you like it. And then I've been in it since what the end of August. So we're almost two months in now. So yep. like, I'm, I'm loving yep. it. So it's, it's good. Well, and, and you touched on really my, my entire approach with fitness coaching, which is I want people, I, I want people to try either in, in this case, what we're talking about with precision nutrition or just coaching in general because i feel like with um with the community that we're involved with coaching gets a really you know there's a certain stigma or certain reputation that's that's kind of thrown into it and i was talking to somebody once where you know they said yeah you know i've I've talked to another coach and they were telling me that i would need to pay x amount up front and have to agree to work with them for six months and you know part of the thing that i like about this whole online thing is that you really don't have to go into that old gym model where you sign into a three-month contract, and if, if it's not working for you, it's it's a real pain in the butt to to get out of. Yeah. Uh, you know, my my coaching model, and because I mean, you mentioned talking to somebody that that was a, a client of mine. I, I have uh, I have so many people that kind of come and go, and then they go and because and really the main reason for this for a lot is. Like, I want you guys to be able to go out and do this stuff on your own. I don't want you to be reliant on me, you know, as, as kind of the bottleneck forever. So, you know, the only way you're going to know if you're ready to, to do this stuff on your own is if you go out and try it. So, yeah, uh, I try to make it pretty easy for everybody. So, yeah, because it, it's the the exit strategy is clear. Like, it's just showing you, like, what you need to know. But, like, there's clearly, like, there's at the end of this is this there's an end point so like there is it's not like all these other weight loss diets or programs and, and things like that where there really is no exit strategy it's like we're gonna keep you in forever or that's it yeah 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 and it's and i think that's the most important because like i feel like so many people get you get kind of lost in the whole weight loss thing that, that you just stay on weight loss mode your entire life. And then when you lose weight, you're really not sure what to do with it anymore because you've been trying to lose weight for so long. So then you end up putting weight back on. Then you start kind of panicking a little bit, but then you're like, well, in one sense, it's like, well, I'm, I'm comfortable again because now I can try to lose weight. And once you get to this point of kind of getting the, the underlining tools and skills, you know, you're in weight loss mode, then you're out of it. And what everybody else calls maintenance, I just look at it as this is the rest of your life where you can really, you know, figure out the types of, of, you know, the way that you like to exercise, the types of food that you like to eat. And you, it really, you get to a point where you don't have the pressure of trying to lose weight. Cause it, it's yeah. definitely messes, messes uh, with, with most of us, I think. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does because like I, I I just I like I said I just like the program because it's it's clearly telling you like these are these are the habits that you need to know like and then once this year is done it's done and like and you just go from there so you have the habits in your back pocket you just go back to them as as you yep. go along so yeah that's right that's right so since we we're talking talking about what you do what you do now like how did you get to this point of like PN coaching so like let's backtrack a little bit yeah. and go back to the beginning. So where did you grow up? So uh, I grew up actually not too far from where I live now. I, I 
been, was born and raised in the greater Cincinnati, northern Kentucky area. Uh, and the town, the town I live in right now is really only about 10 to 15 minutes from the town that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I've, I've been, uh, I've been in this area and it is, it's kind of your, it's a suburban area, but it's definitely small town. Yeah. Um, you know, I have, I've, I've traveled around some, um, just stuff around the country here and then taking some vacation spots, you know, wound up in, in Canada for like a day and have taken some trips to like, you know, some cruises to, um, like the Bahamas and places like that. Um, but, um, but yeah. And, um, um, met, uh, you know, my, my wife's here with me. She's actually from the, the East coast from the uh, Washington DC, Maryland area. And, um, you know, so she's, she kind of ended up here. And then as a result of her being here, we, uh, we met about 15 years ago and, uh, and that was probably the, the, uh, best decision definitely she ever made, but, uh, the best, best person for me as well. Yeah. So for those who don't know, like you, you have CP, right? Yes. And yeah. Can you kind of tell that story? Because I know I, I know the story, but a lot of people don't. Yeah, know the story. yeah. So for those of you, um, so I uh, what Willie's mentioning uh, CP is cerebral palsy, and basically, I was born three months premature, uh, and CP is kind of a of a blanket term for something that happens either right before, during, or after uh, childbirth. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, there is a lack of oxygen to the brain. And uh, because of this, this means that really uh, any any kind of byproduct of that uh, gets put under the category of cerebral palsy. So yeah. for me, um, it's it's that I have tightness really uh, from on, on both sides of my body from the hips down. And then uh, my upper body, both sides are affected, but it's much, much more noticeable on my left-hand side. Um, and then, you know, where I'm, I'm kind of, where I'm fortunate is that uh, with the way that we communicate and do things now through the phones and through podcasting, uh, I'm able to actually kind of do my own thing and put my thoughts out. Whereas before this whole internet thing, uh, I always kind of felt like I was... I, I was in a little bit of a hole. Anytime somebody would would see me come into a room, they're kind of seeing that first, and then they automatically have you know thoughts and opinions before you even open your mouth. Yeah. Uh, but you know uh, this this that's and that's part of why I have the perspective on uh, social media that I do. The the other part of this, and I, I I started to be a little bit more straightforward and open with this is that, you know, my parents were going to have uh, had another child under the same circumstances that I wound up being born uh, a year before me. And he was born also three months premature, lived three days and passed away. So I mean, yeah. for, for me, I know it sounds a little, you know, it, it sounds in some cases, I guess, hokey or dramatic, but if you, if you ever need perspective, I could just as easily not be here as well. So, That's true. Yeah. yeah I, and, and I know you tell that story a lot. So like, I know, like, you you don't you look at, at things in a different perspective than a lot of people do because like like you said you could it's a possibility that you like just like your brother it's a possibility you would have not been here either right right so and i and and you like when i met you what was it i met you like last year and like i didn't know that you had cp and then you told me and then i was still like well it's still daryl i don't care like because Cause I know, I know people who had, who had CP when I was like growing up. Yeah. So like it, 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 I don't look at you any different. Like you're still the same person that I've been talking to for the last year. Like it doesn't bother me. Like it's, it's something that happened to you. It's not, and, and it's not I'm pretty honest you, with it. Like at first when I was doing stuff on social media, I, it was the first time in my life where people really weren't, uh, like they, they weren't seeing that first. Yeah. And what really, what really messed me up is it's like, when somebody would send me a video reply, like just the look in their eyes was different because if somebody, you know, sees you in, in your day to day face to face, um, you know, the look they give you is different. And this was the first time that when people were looking me in the eyes, it was like, this is probably how they look at everybody else face to face when they're, uh, when they're doing this. And I just, it, it was, uh, that was a pretty powerful thing at first. Cause I'm like, man, I've got this thing that has pretty much defined 
a lot of who I've been to this point, not because that's what I wanted, just because that's kind of how it is. And now I don't have to, I, I don't have to own up to that now gradually, um, or put it out there, I guess. But gradually I've, I've just, I, I've become more comfortable with, you know, spreading awareness, putting, um, you, you know, kind of putting my story out there because I think that's the, I, I mean, that's really the, the main benefit with talking about CP with social media is, you know, you have a chance to connect with one person where you can actually change their perception on what this particular condition is. Yeah. And I think, you know, the, the, the way that we change people's perception is we just put our story out there and we just put our opinions out there. So, uh, this, this year, this calendar year of 2019, I've actually been much more comfortable and, and probably willing to, uh, to share the, the CP side of what it is that I do. Yeah. Cause last year you didn't like, I, when I met you last year, like you really didn't mention it. It was like kind of spurts, but like this year you've really opened that up and really shared like that story, that part of your life and, and things like that. Yeah. And, and that's really, um, uh, that's one part of the, the podcast that I'm really starting to, to, uh, to want to want to do more with. And, and the first one was really with, uh, you know, Bo had come on a couple of times. He, and he may not have been the first CP related guest that I had, but, mm -hmm. uh, he came on for a couple of episodes that were just kind of standalone. And then, you know, as uh, a big thing that I like to talk about is that, you know, it's, these aren't people that have CP. These are amazing human beings that are, that are doing some pretty extraordinary things and they just happen to have cerebral palsy. Exactly. And that's really kind of where, um, that's kind of where everything, uh, you know, started with Bo. But as we started doing this podcast, I mean, it's really just become there's there's usually CP stuff, uh, you know, kind of woven in. But when when he and I talk on a weekly or an almost weekly basis, I and mean, we talk about a, a bunch of different things, and and I think that's where there's a, a pretty big opportunity uh, for for uh, for growth. I think. Yeah, exactly. Because like you're not just focusing on just like just the CP itself, like you're focusing on just everyday life. And, and it's not like that CP is not a focus. Like it's, it's there and you mention it every now and then, like, but it's not a, a major focus of the conversation. Well, and, and the other thing is, and this was really, I, I mean, because you know, my, my wife has it as well. Yeah. And we, we initially were wanting to do, like a, a CP lifestyle blog, or we were going to, you know, we, we started trying to come up with topics and stuff for this, but just in the initial conversation, which is pretty much about as far as we, as we actually got, as far as doing it, it's kind of a joint thing, but you know, you're talking about, uh, about things that would be kind of like inside jokes to people that, that also have this. And I'm like, you know, the more I thought about that and the more I started to look and see what kind of content there was out there there was a lot of uh there was a lot of sarcasm and i i totally get for a lot of people i mean this is how they're coping with how the world responds to them mm -hmm. but i also am thinking you know if you do that and that's the main center central message that you're putting out you know you're you're feeding into this stereotype of being a bitter disabled person and i just i didn't want to necessarily be part of that now i do like on a podcast because we can talk about some of the silliness that comes, uh, that, that comes from it. But I, I feel like when you're doing a podcast and you're having, you know, it, it's just like what you and I have always done on these, you know, you're having a conversation, you're able to kind of explain things a little bit better, but it's, you know, so you can work some of that, um, that snarkiness, maybe even a little bit of that surliness in, but you just have a better <laughs> way, a better chance of explaining it. Yeah. Instead of like in someone that's written where it's interpreted, any kind of way that it can be, but like it's an audio format, like you can say what you're going to say and people completely understand what you're saying just by the words you're saying and the way you're saying it. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what was life growing up with CP? Like I, like I, like I said, I, I've known people who had CP. I grew up with them yeah. and like I, I've seen it and, um, you know, I, I still um, treated them as a, a, a as a person. So, like, yeah, and I know there's yeah, well, and that and and that actually, that's what everybody wants. Like, if you're yeah. if you have if you have CP, if you have any type of physical condition, you just you 
you want to fit in. Yeah. You, you want to be treated like anyone else. Now, uh, growing up with it, uh, I always felt like I was behind um, physically and, and, I mean, even mentally. Like, it, it wears on you when you um, when you have something that's, that's different from everybody else. And, you know, when you physically couldn't keep up, um, you know, that was, uh, that was always a challenging thing. And then, uh, it, it always, you know, cause that, that was the other thing growing up is people would, you know, people, you'd get the comments all the time. And again, it's like the same comments you hear as an adult, but I mean, as a, as a kid, when people are saying stuff, you know, you tend to buy into it a little bit more. Exactly. Um, I mean, it was, I, I, the people that were closest to me, my friends and my family always had my back, but you know, it's, it's like what we talk about when somebody leaves a comment, you could see a hundred comments that are positive and then somebody leaves something negative on something you posted and you're like, you keep looking at that. So, but I mean, it, it was, I mean, it was, I, I, it was, it was different, but looking back at it, thinking on, you know, kind of thinking of kind of the way that things have unfolded, I don't think, I don't think I would have as much empathy for other people if I didn't have the, the upbringing that I had and had to deal with some of the stuff that I did. Yeah. So what, what was, okay. So like what was, cause I know at some point you took this path on like this fitness journey. So like, when did that start? So the fitness stuff, I started actually, I, I really got into, uh, exercising when I was trying to lose weight and that was back in high school. And then as I got into college, uh, and I was working out more, a, a buddy of mine, we were, you know, we were at the gym all the time and we kind of started getting involved in the whole, like it was the, the workout community that was just within that gym. It was really before social media, mm-hmm. but I kind of got sucked up into that. Uh, and then about a year or so later, um, I actually got a job at a gym and I really, really enjoyed it. And what I really liked about it was you would have, and this was just, it was like a, a, a kind of a local, local chain. They had, uh, about five or six clubs down here. They had about three or four other ones, I think up towards, uh, the Akron and Cleveland area. So it was a smaller chain, but it was, it was pretty well known around here. And what was nice is it was, it was a very friendly environment. It was kind of like the planet fitness environment, but it wasn't formalized nearly as much, but you know, people would come in that were really unsure of themselves and then they would come, you know, within four to six weeks, you kind of see them having a little bit more, uh, pep in their step or they've got a little bit more confidence. And that's what really kind of not only drew me into the whole, you know, I like to work out, but like seeing fitness is kind of, you know, if somebody starts to get working out, uh, and they start to feel more capable about what they're doing with this, that it can kind of spell over into other areas of life and they can develop self-confidence. So, uh, I did that through college and then that was actually, um, you know, around that time, cause that's, that's actually where I met my wife. Yes. Um, but, uh, <laughs> after, after college, it was kind of this thing of, okay, where well, are you going to work? Are you going to work at a gym or, you know, you really should go and get a real job. So, uh, I did a couple of different sales positions and then while I was in my second sales position, which was actually, uh, inside sales for an e-commerce company, uh, I actually started really trying to lose weight again, but you know, like, you know, do it as an adult because when I was doing it as a, as a teenager and in my early twenties, like it was pretty easy to just kind of build my, my life around the workouts and the eating plan. Yeah. So um, I, I was successful with that. I dropped, um, you know, I, I, I never had more than like 45, 50 pounds to lose, but I did drop the weight. Uh, and then, um, I just, I picked up a personal training certification, one that was always kind of, uh, from a brand name perspective was always kind of well known. And it was something that I always wanted to get while I was working at the gym. So I just, I just got one. I wasn't planning on really doing much with it. And then, um, you know, a couple years later, because I was wanting to go from sales into kind of the marketing side of things for this company I was working with, um, I didn't really have any kind of a marketing portfolio. And I had this personal training certification, and I was just kind of, you know, at the time, uh, boot camps were really hot. There was somebody here locally that was kind of building their own boot camp brand through Facebook. And the company I worked for had somebody come in and 
do boot camp classes uh, during lunch. So I figured that, you know what, um, I was going to start my own fitness business. And I, one of the things that I wanted to do, because that was around the time that I was wanting to do the uh, CP lifestyle blog, is I was going to do uh, an adaptive class for folks that had CP. And uh, I just so happened that the local United Cerebral Palsy chapter that we had here was five minutes from that office I was working at. So I, um, I called and talked to one of the coordinators down there and then we arranged to where I would come in and do uh, a class every Friday. And I did that pretty much every Friday for about, I think it was 15 months. Mm -hmm. Uh, but that was really neat. That was kind of my, that, that was my first, um, that was kind of my first real group fitness experience, but it was really cool because we would have up to 20 people and, and those classes and it was all, you know, again, cause each case of CP is a little bit different. Everybody was kind of in a, a, a different uh, circumstance there. So the, the classes kind of had to be modified. And, and a lot of times, I mean, I would have stuff written out that I was going to do, but a lot of times it was just based on kind of the energy and the vibe of the, uh, of the folks that were in there that kind of really, determined what we were going to do. Um, and then around that time I started doing some in-home personal training. And then I was part of a, uh, walk run group that was getting started at the, uh, the church that I belonged to. And we went up there. That was around, that was around, um, that was over new year's. I think that was new year's 20, 2013, 2014. Um, and it just so happened that they, they needed leaders. So I, I, you know, I'd done some running in college, just doing like five K's and such. So I took over the, uh, the couch to five K group. So it was kind of cool. It was kind of like the stuff at the gym where people would kind of come in, they weren't, they wanted to exercise, but they weren't sure what they were going to do. So I would get them started, um, get them ready for their five K's, move them up and, and training for 10 K's. And then I would some of them would stay with me. Others would, uh, would go up into, to working with the group that was maybe running towards, uh, towards doing a half or, uh, we even had some people in that community that were trained to do, uh, to full marathons at the flying pig. So, um, did that for a few years and then just kind of seen where the industry was changing, uh, and more and more stuff was going online. I started to see kind of, okay, how can I do some of this online coaching? So I, I uh, started to do that, and then how Precision Nutrition came into this is back when I was dieting and trying to lose weight, because um, I was really big into reading a lot of the blogs and you know signing up for the email newsletters so I could get the free eBooks, and I was reading about paleo and I was reading um, you know all kinds of like biohack type things, but I came across the PN blog, and I just I really liked the structure of how the articles were written. I liked how you could just kind of scan through and kind of get the general gist. Mm-hmm. Or if you wanted to go deeper into the to what they were talking about, you could. And it was always interesting to me because a lot of their research was based off of the people that had gone through their program. So that was something, and that's something that still really uh, intrigues me about what they do. But uh, but yeah, once I. Once I started uh, moving towards online, or yeah, moving my, my business towards online, I actually saw where Precision Nutrition had a certification, so it was cool. I got that, uh, and then they started offering the uh, habit-based nutrition program to uh, to the folks that had actually been through their certification, and and uh, so I picked up the license on that, and that's pretty much where I've been rocking and rolling for the last two almost three years. So it's it's interesting to see that where like the fitness industry has gone because I remember like in high school, like men's health and like you were looking at like the workouts and that thing and trying to figure out what what you wanted. Cause I was like working out like even then in high school, like I was like just trying, cause I was working out with the football team and stuff like that. Like I wasn't on the football team, but they were trying to get me to work out with them. And like, I would do stuff like that. But like, I've just seen where the industry has gone since then. And that was, I mean, I graduated high school in 1999. So like, from 90, I say 97, 8, 97, 98 to like now, like it's completely different than it was, you know, 20 years ago. Well, it's, it's in your face everywhere now. And I, I yeah. remember is that's around the, I mean, that's you and I are roughly, I mean, we're, we're pretty close to the same age yeah. and like, 
that's when I first started really getting into it. And I remember like I would, I would get the men's health magazines. They even had a men's health 18 that was geared towards teenagers that, which we can really debate. (laughs) That's a good idea or not. But yeah, I mean, I remember you would, you would get those workouts and, um, you know, when you're working out at, you know, with, with your buddies at school, you know, you've like got the magazine, much like people now will have their phones out at the gym, like, you know, kind of tallying their workout and watching the little demo video. But, uh, but yeah, you would, you would actually bring the magazine to the gym with you and, you know, turn to page 87 and make sure that you were, were doing the, uh, the shoulder workout as they were uh, laying it out for you this month. But yeah, it's, it's in your face now. And like, it's, you really can, you really could consume nothing but health, fitness, and weight loss information 24-7 now, just kind of like anything else. I mean, you can, you can really, you know, set your, set your, your uh, content consumption to whatever your preferences are, which is always can be debated as being a good or a bad thing. Yeah. Because I, I remember just with men's health and just like stuff like that, like just with magazines, there was only like maybe one or two magazines. Like you had like the men's health, like the basic, like, like, everyday guy like kind of workout routine and then you had like the the bodybuilding stuff and like all that stuff but like it's gotten to the point now where like everybody's an expert i'm doing it in quotations um (laughs) everybody's an expert so there's like if you go on instagram now you'll probably find like a thousand different people trying to sell you different ways to work out and it's it's confusing because i was talking to uh about a few episodes ago i was talking to um somebody who does mobility, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, that was, uh, Alexandra Ellis. And I was telling her, like when I started trying to figure out a mobility routine and that was back in 20, I say 2013, 2014, it was way easier to find the information now. I mean, then, but, but now it's ridiculous because like I said, there's for every 500 to a thousand people on, on, on the internet, there is, that much information out and, and it's all conflicting too. So like you have no clue what's real and what's fake. Yeah. And, and see for me, I I've always, and that was the biggest struggle when I first started thinking about going online. Cause I thought about online training. I thought about programs being written and, you know, people buy either, you know, buying programs and then if they're going through it, then they will demo the moves for you. Like they'll do, they'll go through the exercises and take a video and send it to you and you critique them after the fact in most cases. And I just, for me, I just thought there had to be a better way of doing it. Plus, I mean, knowing that these workouts used to be in magazines or knowing that there's eBooks or knowing that, and, and another men's health, uh, ref, uh, yeah, reference, they, uh, they do the big book of exercise and they do the, the female counterpart, which is the women's health, big book of exercise, which it's basically the same book, except yeah. the models that are demoing it are, are, uh, are women opposed to men. But, um, you know, the, the information's all out there. And what I like about that particular book and, and anybody that's listening, your library probably has it because the book's about 10 years old, mm-hmm. uh, or you can just pick it up on, on Amazon or locally for probably 10 bucks. Um, it, it takes you, it shows you the basic exercise, like how to, to, it, it breaks everything down by muscle groups. You got your chest, your back, your shoulders, um, arms leg, and quads and, and hamstrings and stuff like that. Uh, but then it's, uh, it has a progression of the exercises and it's actually a really, really good, um, resource. I think it's actually better than most of the manuals you get when you're going for the training certifications. Mm-hmm. But you you know that this is such a great resource because whenever you see people post those infographics with all of the those white background graphics with all the uh, the exercises on them where they've got like the models demonstrating, those are those are like straight from that book. That's what's crazy about it. So it's yeah. it's uh, it's a good resource and but yeah, you, there's there's so much stuff out there now. Well, I just I I just kind of cringe because like I had a friend going through like the NAS, NASM personal training yeah. certification, yeah. and so I was like, can I just look at your book and just read through it and see what's in it? And then like it was like super basic stuff, and I was like, so what you're saying is anybody can get the certification, and really not, really not teach you anything, and it's kind of, it was kind of weird like just to see, as as somebody look from the outside looking in, it's like well. Anybody can get the certification. You, they pay for you, the... you were basically looking at it and saying, that's it. 
Um, which you're, which you're right. I mean, if you, and I think that was my, that was even my initial thought when I was going through the, the manual when, uh, and, and where my previous experience had been like the, through the magazines that we were talking about, I was just like, this is what I was paying for from a, from an exercise standpoint. Now, what I will tell you, um, as far as, as being an actual personal trainer, if you're, when you're actually doing the job, it's, it's more about the rapport that you have with the person that you're working with. And can you explain these exercises in a common sense, straightforward way, which is really tough for anybody that's going through the, um, the, the certification process, because part of it is they want you to actually, uh, know anatomy. There's anatomy units and you have to remember this stuff and you're tested on it. And that's always the part. If you talk to somebody that's, um, that's going through a certification, there's usually two parts. There's the practical part, which is what you're going to end up using every day. Mm -hmm. And then there's the science part, which doesn't seem like you're going to use it every day, but you have to have the foundation and the science, but be able to explain it like you're talking to, uh, to just, you know, uh, another human being now. um, And that's for, uh, because most of the time somebody's getting a training certification, they're not going to be working with athletes unless their background is in a particular sport. And it makes sense that they would train people uh, with a similar background. But, you know, if you're, if you're working with athletes, you're going to be talking in more of the, probably more of the, this have more of the scientific approach, but yeah, for most people that are, are just trainers in gyms, um, it's, it's really more about your, your people skills over anything else. Yeah. Cause I, I've just, just being in a gym for like the last, I would say I've been in the same gym for like the last nine years or so. I've yeah. seen just like personal trainers and like there's, there's some good ones and there's some really bad ones. So like, uh, <laughs> I, I've just seen it and I, I've just never like went that route of just getting a personal trainer. Cause you know me, like I like to do stuff hands on myself. So like I, yeah. I try to figure that stuff out, but for the everyday person, like I, I'm just saying like, choose your personal trainer wisely, like really get into to that background and make sure that they know exactly what they're doing because there are some people who just have no clue what they're doing well and and you're right and if something feels like if something if you're going through a session with somebody whether they're doing a demo uh, or they're taking or you bought a, a training package with them if something doesn't feel right speak up and if you're not satisfied with the answer that they give you once you speak up um find yourself a different trainer because it it is about um it, it is about the rapport that you're going to have with that person. Um, but there are also some trainers out there that really, they, um, they, they, they don't necessarily, I mean, they, they know how to work out for themselves, mm-hmm. but they kind of fall into this category that we talk about with a lot of things in, in this whole space, which is, you know, there is no one size fits all. And sometimes they try to make it a little one size fits all. No, Exactly. So what, okay, so let's go ahead and get into it because I know this is going to happen with, I know you, you, you post a lot of stuff about weight loss on your Instagram. So what, what would you tell somebody who is trying to lose weight based on? So if somebody, if some, and I always assume like whenever I'm posting something that you've either never come across my info before or you're hit with so much stuff, you can't remember anything that I've ever said at any point in time. Um, everything comes back to what is it that you actually like to do? If you find some type of workout that you like to do, if you find some kind of eating plan that you like to do, then just follow that. Now with the eating thing, typically what's going to end up happening is you're going to like certain foods from this particular plan, certain foods from this one. And at some point you're going to say, okay, how can I actually, you know, how can I do this stuff for the rest of my life? How can I take these foods that I like and, and build a plan around it? So, uh, but I, I think really it, it, if everything boils down to your preferences and what you can do consistently, and if you can, because if you prefer doing something, if you like doing something, there's a better shot of you sticking with it. And if you stick with it, what we've seen through years of people within the weight loss community, if you stick with it and it's something you like, you're going to see results eventually. Yeah. It's just because I've seen this in surge of people just choosing diets and saying, Oh, this is the new 
the new trending thing. Let's do this. And I feel like you need to do the thing that you like to do. And I, and I told you, I read that book from Michael Pollan in defense of food. And yes. it was saying a lot about how the macronutrient thing didn't really pop up until like the 1970s, 1980s. And now it's like the thing that you have to make sure that you're paying attention to, which you kind of don't, but um, because, because of things being packaged and, and that stuff being blatantly put out, put out on like labels and stuff, like people pay attention to that stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, a, a couple things, I mean, you, you really, most people are, are always going to be on the, I want to lose the weight as fast as I can. Yeah. Even though if they were, if somebody was to ask them, what do I need to do to lose weight? They would tell them some variation of what I just told you. Find something that you like to do and do it consistently. But for they them for when they're when it's their particular process, they want to lose the weight fast. Now we've been conditioned to think that way for years. You mentioned uh, the macros kind of popping up in the '70s, but even before that, I mean, anything diet related, that this whole thing around speed has always always been marketed towards us, and um, you know it's. It's tough and it's tricky because it gets back to, you know, how we are constantly being inundated and the, uh, the food and weight loss industry has been very, very good. The diet industry has been very, very good at keeping us uh, focusing on the, the things that really don't make that much of a difference. And, and macros, are they're another layer. So is it good information to know? Yes. Is it, is it um, you know, but, but is it? any more earth shattering? No, because you still have to look at your, if if you're counting something, you got to look at your estimates of the calories in versus the estimates of your calories out. And you've got to be in that estimate, that, that deficit. And, um, macros are just another layer because macros are made up of what calories. (laughs) So, yeah, it's just, it's just baffling to me that that has become, that has become the focus that, like I gotta get my macros, or I gotta be right on point with my macros. Like I understand that if you're an athlete, like if you're like a CrossFit athlete or somebody like yeah. who who just like the like the the marathon runner today who just ran a, a sub two two hour marathon. Like I get that for an athlete like that, but if, like for the everyday person, your macros don't need, need to be a hundred percent on point. Well, and that's and yeah, that that's the. The, the whole, not just macros right now, but the absolute hatred of carbohydrates, I find it, it's, it, it's part fascinating and it's part funny because I mean, we go back to, we go back to 97, 98, 99, yep. back when low fat was the thing. And it would just be really funny if we go back and look at some of these headlines around low fat and just switch the word from low fat to low carb and it's going to be the same thing. And I, they, all this stuff, it just goes in cycles, like you mentioned before. Well, I mean, even before that, protein was the 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 enemy before that. Like, even in the like 70s and 80s, like, like having, like, like red meat and stuff like that and being, like, like protein is is evil for you. Like, you shouldn't eat protein. Like, it was it was weird. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. The, part of the the the. Um, the fat was going to kill you yep. and the protein was too hard on the kidneys. And, and then we went the other way and, you know, carbs will, carbs will make a resurgence until they're, until they don't. And then, <laughs> I mean, it's, they just like every, but, but the thing that's really fascinating about this, because I, I think a lot of times, and it does, it, it, it either, it, it comes into again, what foods you prefer eating, um, or it depends what diet was popular when you really, got into the groove with something because there are people that are still following low fat diets that are just, you know, blissfully in the the low fat community. If you look at hashtag low fat diet on Instagram, I'm sure there's, there's probably, it's probably at least a couple million posts. I haven't checked that out, but I'm sure there, I'm sure there's quite a few. And then, and that's crazy that everybody's in their own little camp. Like you're low fat, you're, you're high fat, you're, low carb, like, like everybody's in their own little group and like, Hey, I'm like, if it works for you, go for it. But like, you don't have to be in 
any particular group because I'm not in any, any particular group. I'm just eating food. I'm eating well fruits and vegetables. I make sure I'm getting enough protein, and then everything else is added into to all that. So like I don't I don't identify as one kind of diet. Well, see, and I know, and and I think that's kind of the neat thing about the the group that we're all in, because I, I know quite a few people are like, okay, well, I'm only going to connect with with folks that are doing this plan that I'm doing, or you know that plan. I only want people that are in the same camp that I'm in. I'm doing the air quotes now, and, but it's <laughs> like, but it's like the I, I think the best part of all this is you do get to see other people that have different you know, they have different situations in life and they're working through this their own way and whatever it is they're doing. I mean, you actually can learn from them. And I, I remember, um, last summer I had uh, summer of 2018. I had absolutely no, no concept or context around people that had been through weight loss surgery. I'd probably talked to a couple people on, on Instagram that had had it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I just remember I was, I was, um, this was before the podcast, but this, I just was asking Rachel, I'm like, what can you tell me about weight loss surgery? I'm like, I really don't know all that much. Um, and I think, you know, that's part of the whole thing too, is, is a lot of these communities, part of the reason people just want to stay to one area is because it's much easier just to talk about the one thing that, you know, but I think the, the best part of all this is, you know, just getting to talk to other people about their experiences and things that they're doing and you learn. It's, it's really pretty neat how all that works too. Yeah. And that's what I like about it. Cause like, I, I'm not keto myself, but like I follow people like Gourmet and Gourmet doesn't push that on me. So like, I'm just, right. I'm just going through what he does and I'm just want, I just want to kind of live vicariously through what he does and that's it. And he does not push keto or anything else on me. And there's some people who do like different, like low fats and stuff like that. Like they don't push that stuff on me. And those are the kind of people I like to kind of associate with because they're not like, well, if you're not doing keto, then like you're doing it wrong. Or if you're not doing low fat, you're doing it wrong. Like, and I, and I love that, that there's people out there who just are they're doing their own thing and just showing you what they're doing and not trying to push an agenda on you. Well, and, and, you know, Gourmet is always an interest. He's an interesting case because of his history with dieting and food. And he mm -hmm. really did find something that he could commit to that really does work for him. And he, um, he has had tremendous, tremendous results from it. Yeah. But like you're saying, he doesn't push it on anyone. Like, I mean, he and I can talk about a number of different things. Um, some of which are fitness related. Usually it's, it's star Wars and it's, you know, of course, uh, other things like that, <laughs> but yeah, but, but no, it's, um, but, but yeah, he's, he's definitely a good one. And it's funny because whenever, you know, cause like I'll get, because my why does everybody hate the carbs thing? People are like, well, you're against. I've had messages of, well, you're against keto. I'm not against keto. I have a, no. there's a number of folks I know that are, are successful on keto, and my number one thing is is if you're if you're happy with where you are and where this this eating and exercise and whatever it is you're doing is is taking you, then I mean I'm going to be the biggest cheerleader for you. The the thing that always gets me is when people are trying to follow something because they see a bunch of other people doing it and they wonder why they're not able to get the results that somebody's doing or they think they should be further along than they actually are. Yeah. And then that's how people get into disordered eating and then have mm -hmm. issues with binge eating and overeating and stuff like that is they restrict. And I've had this conversation with you about restriction and I've learned that if I restrict, if I'm like, like, you know me, like if I'm, pretty like thorough during the week. And then by the weekend comes, if I've restricted, restricted so much that I'm just going to probably bench or overeat. And, and you know that from my case, but like there's some people who like need to realize that if you can't keep the, the, the diet in quotation marks going, you know, seven days a week, then it's not for you. So I think, and I think one thing that may be easy to kind of forget sometimes, because a lot of times people are just tracking in my fitness pal. So you see your numbers for the day, you put your food in for the day, then you're on to the next. Yeah. You might hit the complete diary button, but you're on to the next. And if you kind of step back and look at this as one big thing, the food choices that you're making during the week are going to impact what you're doing on the weekend. And you know that, which means that if you were, you know, quote unquote, air quotes again, perfect through <laughs> Monday through Wednesday, 
you know, Thursday was a little rocky. Friday, you, you know, they, they had donuts in the in the uh, they brought donuts in because it was Friday. You skipped those, but then you come out of work on Friday afternoon, and you have been so you you've just been so flawless on your eating that the only thing you want to do right now is eat whatever it is that you haven't been able to eat all week. So you end up doing that because partly because you just, you feel really deprived. And if you start looking at the way that you're eating as one kind of continual story, then, you know, it, it starts to make a little bit more sense and it starts to be more about, okay, the choices that I'm making today are going to really also affect what I'm doing as, as this week and this month unfold, instead of just saying, Oh, I did really well this week, and then I just screwed it up because I don't have the willpower at the end, and I ended up face down on a pizza. So, yeah. and and that's and just working with you is that's one thing I had to learn is if 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 every if Monday is eighty twenty, and if Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are eighty twenty, then I'm fine. If Monday through Friday is a hundred percent, and then I get to the weekend, I'm probably gonna be a little less than eighty twenty. I'm gonna probably gonna be. 60 40 because <laughs> yeah because I've, I've restricted myself so much that now i'm just like i just want all the stuff so i kind of try to have that stuff during the week it, you know and i and i'll allow it in regards to like my calorie deficit and make sure it fits in my budget but for the most part like if it fits it fits and i make it work yeah and and it's just it's finding out the right way for for you to be consistent and not feel like it's it's always going to take effort and you're always going to have to stop and think about the food choices that you're making. Sometimes you're happy with them. Other times you're not because I mean, we're talking about, I mean, shoot, like for you and I, you're talking about eating patterns that go back 20, 25 years, even further. So it's not like they're going to completely go away, but you know, you just, you just get to a place where you're comfortable with the choices that you're making and you don't feel like you're depriving yourself too much. And if you do that, I've been really big on this lately where I just tell people, look, if we're looking at that whole, you know, one to 10 scale, or if we're doing a whole percentage, I would rather have somebody that's 60 to 70% consistent than somebody that is 90, 10, or even, even, um, even, you know, 80, 20 in some cases, because there'll be some people that, that try 80, 20 and they're not able to uh to stick to it so i I think wherever your level of consistency is i I think that's where you want to stay and over time you'll you'll start to see some results and then it's you know up to uh you the individual or the 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 group of folks that you're working with and the person that you're working with to see if the goals that you originally set are still the ones that you want to kind of strive for Uh, because that happens a lot too a lot of times when people get started on this they they are shooting for a goal weight and then eventually they just kind of figure out that that goal weight either um, isn't really what they're as interested in because they they're feeling better than they ever had uh, or, you know, they, they decide to modify it there. And there are cases where people have an initial, you know, goal weight and they go well under it and they're, you know, they're, they're happy, but uh, oftentimes it's, they have this number they shoot for and then they're like, well, where'd you get, are you asking me like, where'd you get the number from? Well, that's what I weighed in high school. Well, Sadly, the body changes a little bit over time, so you may not be able to get to that exact number, that exact comp- composition. So yeah, I, I just know for me, like in 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 working with you, is the the whole goal was to kind of get the disordered eating in control, and it, it was never about like the weight loss. Like the weight loss was secondary to everything else, and and I've just seen that in the past almost two months that 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 relationship with food is way different than it was two months ago. Well, and that was, it it was really funny when we started having that conversation because you had said something about, um, about wanting on a podcast about just really needing to work on the relationship with food. And I literally, cause I was walking when I did this and I stopped and I was like, I probably even said it out loud. I was like, Willie, I can help you with that. Yeah. So, we started talking about it and then, and, and this is the other thing, whether you're doing uh, precision nutrition or whether you're really ready to, to follow a, a diet for the last time, you, you have to really, really be ready for it. And that's what I told you. I was just like, look, this is what I offer. I think it could help you. But if, if you want to try it, awesome. Um, 
and see how it goes. And, and you, you know, thought about it for a little bit, you jumped in on it and, you know, the last couple of months you've just been rocking and rolling with it. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, I just think that from somebody who lost 300 pounds and then gained a little over a hundred back, like you, you have to work on that relationship with food. Cause even Gourmet had that same problem where he got to his go away and he was like, I have no clue who I am anymore. And then ballooned right back up. So yeah, I feel like you have to, you really have to work on that relationship with food. And that, and that's just been my focus for like the rest of the year. It's just getting that relationship in intact before I even try to, to attack weight loss head on. Well, and that's, you know, and that's another reason when you talk about the identity, um, if you can, as you're, and this is why I harp so much on let's focus on other things besides the scale, because if you can start really focusing on those other things, those things that are actually within your control, you can, you know, work on your relationship with yourself, work on your relationship with food, find other things to focus on besides the scale. So you don't end up lost when you lose the weight. Yeah. So you don't, you know, be, because yeah, it, it's, it's a, it's a major, major void when you've been working to do this, you've lost a tremendous amount of weight and you literally wake up one day and you're just, you're like, what do I do now? So, um, but it, it, it takes time and, and yeah, I, it, and sometimes, and, and you two gentlemen are are an example of that, you know, you, it, it takes gaining the weight back and then realizing, okay, what I thought I needed, what I thought was what I needed to fix may not have been what I needed to fix. Let's try this now. So, yeah, I, I, I've just seen that it's better to work on that relationship with food than, than try to kill yourself in the gym or try to not eat any food just because you're trying to get into a deficit. Like you kind of have to figure out like one, why are you eating? And I've talked to you about it. Like you have to kind of figure out why you're eating the stuff you're eating. And, and for me, it was because I was either bored or just like I needed some kind of connection or something like that. And I was using food as that, as that kind of driving point. But like for other people, it's different. So like you kind of have to figure out, why are you reaching for the Doritos or the donuts or like, or things like that? I mean, you have to figure that stuff out. So, and, and one thing that I think you do overall, not just with weight loss, well, I know you do this overall, not just with weight loss is you're willing to say, okay, I'm going to take the next six months, year or whatever to really sort some things out in different areas of my life. So that once I get past that, I'm going to be better in, what, whichever area it is. Yeah. And I think when people start looking at, I, I mean, cause that's the whole thing when we talk about trying to lose weight fast, relatively speaking, if it, even if it takes you five years to get where you want to be weight wise, I mean, most <laughs> of us, most of the folks in our community are within, um, you know, probably in their, tw- in their, their twenties or thirties or their forties. So hopefully they've got some, uh, some decades in front of them. And that notification on my phone was just from Amy posting something on Instagram. So (laughs) we'll have to check that out. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you know, we talk about how, Oh, you know, slow team turtle and slow and steady, but uh, relatively speaking, I mean, you're just, you're, you're laying the groundwork. It's not that long time. Yeah. And that's, and, and you kind of have to take it a little bit slower because I, I feel like people, like you said, people are, going a hundred percent gung ho, like Amazon prime the next day. Like let's, let's go ahead and get it, get after it. And like, it doesn't work like that. And if it took you 20 years to get to this point, it's going to take you another probably five to 10 to get it to the point where it needs to be. I think that's, that's a good one. Tell people hear that guys take the Just take the <laughs> next day, take the decade to figure things out. And what I like, cause I saw, um, <laughs> Somebody's turning thirty. Uh, somebody in our community is turning thirty today, um, and I, I just I always laugh when people turn thirty and they're like, "Oh my gosh, my life is over." But I'm just like, "Your twenties were just that, that was thirties. I think is when you really start to figure out who you are in a lot mm-hmm. of cases. And uh, yeah, you, you take this entire decade and you just figure it out. <laughs> I mean, you have to because like I, next year I turn forty, so like I. I'm taking this whole year and most of next year just to figure myself out. So like, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with taking time to figure that stuff out because I think a lot of people just don't know who they are. And I feel like you have to take that time and spend a lot of time with yourself and figure out what makes you tick. 
And what's funny is you're probably going to meet, if you haven't met already, you'll meet some some folks that are in their 50s, 60s, and 70s that have so much energy that probably seem like they're in their 40s, and they'll come to you and they'll be like, Willie, you're, you're a baby. You've got so much time ahead of you. You know, Take your time and be patient. So even once you get into your 40s, man, you got plenty of time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just think people worry about the wrong things. Like, just let's just be real, and we're gonna. I'm gonna get a little bit more of it here, but one day you're going to die. So just realize yes. that. But like, while you know, while you do have that in the back of your head, also realize that you have this moment to do what you need to do. So like, just yeah. do it, and don't worry about being perfect or trying to be like just like 100. percent Like, just do what you have to do. Yeah, because you're you know when you look back. It's going to be about the time you took to work on yourself, the, the real stuff from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be about the relationships that you, you built with people. And, you know, it's not going to be about how many workouts you did in September or how many, you know, how many days of a streak you had going on on my fitness pal. So it's just amazing to me. Like, and, and you saw that I posted that story today about just like the scale went up, but then like the inches went down. So like I, yep. I wasn't worried. Like I said, like when I first started doing the scale stuff with you, I was like, man, this scale is going up and it's not going down. And I was like, okay, let me take this perspective and and change it and say, let's not worry about the scale. Let's worry about getting these inches down and see what, what we can go from here. And so when I looked at it today, like after I sent you the progress stuff, I was like, okay, the scale went up, which I figured it was going to do anyway, but then the inches went down. Yeah more complete uh, it's more complete of a picture and and yeah it was a it was a nice surprise but i mean that's that's the reason that you know we track the stuff that we track and it's not just it's not just the scale got to get a complete picture but yeah it's uh it's how it works out a lot of the time yeah well i appreciate you coming on daryl i've kept you long enough Well, I'm I'm uh, actually glad that I was able to come on for the second appearance on this uh, this wonderful podcast that you have going. I know you line up a ton of interviews, and I'm I'm glad that I was able to come back on. Yeah, I had to fit you in. I was already booked out to 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving that that joke is uh, I'm I'm leaving that letting that joke die. I, I've I've gotten so much flack from everybody. I will never make a joke. Have about you really ever, ever again? Just from you and Gary. I know. It's not like yeah, it's not major. But (laughs) so, but no, it's, uh, and it's really, uh, it's been neat to kind of see where you've taken the podcast and, um, you know, you guys, with the scheduling that you do, it's, it's really nice. Cause I know with, I know with Gary, you know, it really would, he, he always wanted to have something in the can for the next week. And, you know, this way with you guys being the creatives that you are, you have these interviews scheduled out. You don't have to worry as much. You can work on some of your other stuff and then just fit your, your interviews in. But you've got uh, you got, a, got a pretty nice uh, collection of folks coming up on this, I'm sure. So, Well, it's all your fault. <laughs> You're the <laughs> one that got take... me. Think about it. Like I talked to you actually this time around this time last year. Actually, I started this podcast around the beginning of October of last year. So it's your fault. <laughs> I uh I will absolutely take the blame on that but uh but yeah you're you're doing some pretty uh pretty amazing things here and you're you're covering some different topics uh besides weight loss as well but I mean you're you're doing some good stuff here so I'll, well, but I'll I'll take uh I'll take uh any of the blame and uh, maybe some of the credit I don't know. <laughs> I'll give I'll give you your royalty check how about that <laughs> Sounds good. I'll uh, I'll forward that on to Rowan. He gets all the uh, he gets all the anyway. so. So if somebody wants to contact you, how can I get a hold of you? Uh, easiest way is going to be on Instagram. I'm at Your Level Fitness on there. That is part of the Daryl Perry Network. Although mm-hmm. I'm not the one that runs that parody account, but uh, yeah, Your Level Fitness. That'd be the best way to reach me. Well, like I said, I appreciate you, Daryl, as a coach and as a friend and as a person who kind of got me into podcasting. So I appreciate you. Awesome, man. No, it's it's been great that we've been able to uh, we've been able to to not only connect but become friends over the uh, the last year, and we'll get to hang out again in Cincinnati here in a few months. So I'm looking forward to it. I want to thank Daryl for coming on and just 
dropping knowledge because he has a lot of knowledge when it comes to weight loss and mindset and anything around just weight loss in general or podcasting uh, that matter um, or marketing. He's like I said, Daryl's just one of my closest friends. Um, I look up to him a lot because he has so much information and he doesn't sugarcoat things. He, he tells you like it is. And I appreciate him for that because there's a lot of people that will just tell you whatever you want to hear. And Daryl is not one of them. And Amy from last week is also one of those people too. Uh, they will tell you exactly what you don't want to hear. And that's, that's a good thing. And that's a good uh, friend to have because sometimes you just need that kicking ass uh, just to get going. So I'm going to stop rambling as I do in all these intros and outros. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you want to follow Daryl on Instagram, it's at your level fitness. Um, he does a podcast called, uh, called, um, the Daryl. I can't even remember my friend's podcast. Daryl does a podcast called the Daryl Perry podcast, and you can find that on anchor Spotify or anywhere you get your podcasts. There's your plug, Daryl. <laughs> um, he also does coaching with precision nutrition. Uh, so if you need some kind of coaching with just nutrition itself or just habits and routines, then he's the guy to talk to because he has helped me a lot in the last month, uh, almost two months now. And that's, that's it. So it, if you enjoyed this episode, like I said, follow Daryl on Instagram at your level fitness. If you want to follow me on Instagram, I'm at Willie Gillis. If you have any questions, comments, and concerns, you can email me at what I look for podcast at gmail.com. And that's going to be it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I have rambled a lot and I will say goodbye. All right. See you guys next week.